This is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 103, Do More of What You Love. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to the Building Resilience Podcast. I am happy to have you here. How are you doing? What is going on in your life right now as we are in a very busy season? I don't want to give you more things to do, but I want to offer to you in today's episode to do more of what you love and talk a little bit about how to cultivate your passions and your purpose. Now, last week, we talked all about abundance and scarcity in your life, and we also talked a little bit about the concept of sufficiency. And today, I want to talk with you a bit about something that you can do if you do want to create more abundance in your life. If you want to create it, it makes sense that you try to do more things that make you feel good, right? So I want to offer to you that if you want to create a more abundant life, then you just need to be doing more of what you love. If you want to have the result of abundance in your life, we know that results come from actions. So technically, you can just make a list of a whole bunch of things that you love and you want to do to create that results of abundance, correct? I think that should seem feasible. But you have to always ask yourself, what is going to be fueling the actions? What are the feelings that you need to have in order to fuel the actions that will lead to abundance in your life? And I kind of think like you need to feel abundant in order to create the abundance result in your life. I'm getting a little bit meta here and I want you to stay with me and just follow. The next thing to ask is where do your feelings come from? And if you've been listening to me for a little while, you know what I'm going to tell you. Your feelings come from your thoughts. Now, it's super easy to think that our circumstances create our feelings. We often think this, and it's no different with the feeling of abundance. If you have a lot of money or a lot of material possessions or a lot of friends, you think that it would be easy to feel abundant. But I bet you know lots of rich people or people with lots of possessions who have a scarcity mindset that it's never enough. So you may have more than enough empirically, but it still is never enough. So people can have tons of friends, not enough. Tons of money, not enough. Tons of resources at their disposal, still not enough. Why? Because it's not about the circumstance. It is about what you're thinking. Our thinking is what creates the feeling of abundance. When we feel abundant, we create an abundant life. And in order to feel abundant, it comes down to our thoughts. Now, there is really one dominant thought that seriously takes over and prevents us from feeling abundant in our life. And that thought is, I don't have enough. 
And this comes in many shapes and sizes. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough energy. I didn't get enough sleep last night. I don't go to the gym enough. I don't get out enough. I didn't do a good enough job. I don't have enough bandwidth. There aren't enough cashiers. There aren't enough options. I don't get enough likes. We're constantly telling ourselves and replaying these thoughts over and over and over that things are not enough. I mean, that list that I just shared with you, how many times have you said those things? I know that it's many, many, many times for me, and that is what I'm feeding my brain, a constant bombardment of not enough. So I want you to start watching for it. Try to start catching yourself. Every time you say, I don't have enough, I don't have enough of whatever, I don't have enough money, enough time, enough energy, whatever it is, just start observing how this is a dominant thought. And as we know, our thoughts are actually optional. So you always want to be asking yourself the question, if the thought I am having, is it harmful to me or is it helpful to me? Now, sometimes I don't have enough. It can be helpful. Like if you are driving in your car and you look at the gas gauge and the gas gauge shows you don't have enough gas, well, you're running out of it. So you need to do something about it. But the majority of time, we do actually have enough of whatever it is that we need. We have sufficiency. So just watch out for this sneaky thought. Sometimes we tell ourselves a story that we can't live a more abundant life or feel more abundance because we don't even know it feels good anymore. Or we don't know how to prioritize things. And I hear a few different versions of this story when I'm working with people. We limit our ability to feel and create abundance by thinking certain common thoughts, which then fuel these feelings, which limit our actions. So I'm going to share with you three other sneaky thoughts that can block abundance in your life. So the first sneaky thought you might be thinking is, I don't know what I even like anymore. And you see when you say that thought right away, how that thought pulls you into scarcity, it almost sounds like you're a victim to yourself. Like somehow it's out of your hands. You don't know what you like and it just happened that way. And I get it because sometimes we have been so busy doing things for other people or focusing on other priorities that it feels like you don't even know what you like anymore. But I want you to reframe this as an opportunity to figure out what you do like now. So if you are feeling this way, where it's sort of like, I don't even know what I like anymore, I want you to reframe it to something just simple like, I'm figuring out what I like now, or I'm excited to rediscover what I like. And then when you do that with that thought, you often are creating a feeling of curiosity, and that can drive different actions, like an action of revisiting some of your childhood memories. Think back to what you used to love as a child or a teenager or a young adult. Was there a certain sport, a hobby, or an activity you enjoyed doing? Did you dance or swim or play soccer or hockey or paint or play piano or just play in the dirt? So try looking back in the past. What were some of the things that you enjoyed in the past? Now, a second thing you can do when you're creating curiosity is just do some trial and error. Try new things. Ask around what other people are doing. One of the 
kind of old-fashioned ways that I used to recommend to people was to go to a bookstore and to go to the magazine section. So you're going to have to go to a bookstore, a big bookstore that has a lot of magazines, and start looking at all the different hobby magazines that are out there. You would be amazed to see the different hobbies that exist. So look at these magazines. Are there things, even buy one or two of them and just go through them to see, are they interesting to you? Another thing you can do is you can see, are there courses that are offered in your community and go sign up for something different, something that maybe you wouldn't have done in the past. Maybe it's cake decorating or calligraphy, or maybe it is a yoga class, or maybe it is a financial management class. Go do something, sign up for something different. And you can really end up developing your passion this way just by trial and error. So revisit childhood memories, do some trial and error, and that can help you answer the question or at least answer back to the question, I don't even know what I like anymore. All right, now the second scarcity-driven sneaky thought that prevents you from being abundant is I don't have time and I don't know how to prioritize. Or maybe it's just one of them. I don't have time and separately, I don't know how to prioritize or together. Now, I want you to stop for a moment and picture yourself way down the road at the end of your life. And I know this is super cliche, but I want you to picture yourself being on your deathbed, reviewing your life. Now, I know people don't want to think about death or dwell on it, but actually one of the best ways to discover your passion and your purpose is to ask yourself, before I die, what will I regret not doing? What will I wish I had accomplished or at least tried? What will my legacy be? What am I leaving behind for my future generation? And what advice would your future self give you? Because your future self can offer a lot of wisdom on how to live your life now more to the fullest. And it's interesting to note that most people don't regret doing things. They regret not doing things. So make yourself a bucket list of sorts. And it doesn't have to be this big life bucket list. It could just be like a yearly one or a summer one or a weekend one or a winter one. We often have to plan deliberately to make sure that we're doing what our future self knows that we will regret not doing. And when you do that, when you make a list of things that you want to try, often you can see there's an abundance of the things that is on the list to try. There is an abundance of experiences you still want to get out and do. Now, the third and last scarce thought that is often a sneaky one, I am so busy doing what I have to do that I have no time to do what I'm passionate about. We are a busy society, but we almost always use our busyness as a badge of honor or a badge of success. But really. The fact that we think we are busy, and notice that I said the fact that we think we are busy because we are busy is actually a thought. It is not a fact. It is a very scarce thought. We all have time to do what is important to us. Time management is not about managing your time at all. It's all about managing your priorities and managing your energy. It's not about managing your time. 
But even so, even if you do do the math and you see you really have limited amounts of minutes in the day, who said that you have to do things for long extended periods of time? Now, I've shared this with you before that I have a love of reading and I love to read, but in earlier years when my kids were much younger and I felt like it was a much busier mom with things that weren't necessarily my own things, I had to cut out reading or so I thought because I had such limited time. Family and work was really taking up all my time. So I ended up only reading while I was on vacation, and that was great, and it served me well. However, I was actually telling myself a story that I didn't have any time to read, and I truly was missing reading. I love, love, love reading, and I was missing out on the fun of reading. So I decided several years ago, when my life was still pretty busy and hectic with family and work, I decided that every morning I was going to read for five minutes. Just five minutes. That was my commitment. And it's such a short period of time that it's just as easy to do it as it is not to do it. And as a result of that commitment, sometimes what happened was sometimes I did only read for five minutes. Many, many times I only read for five minutes. Sometimes it was even two minutes. I wouldn't even get through a page, but I wanted to honor that commitment with myself. And so I kept reading for just the two minutes. But sometimes that two minutes would turn into five, would turn into 10, would turn into 15, if I happened to have a little bit more time. And it really brought me a lot of joy. I started reading more again. And as a result of that small, tiny five-minute habit, I have read so many more books. Does it take me a long time to get through them? Sure it does, but it doesn't matter. I am doing something that I love doing, and I can do it in just five minutes of time. Now, the other thing I want you to remember is that you don't have to be doing your passion all the time in order to enjoy it. And I know that there's a lot of talk in the world about finding your passion and turning your passion into your work. And I think that's great. If you can find your passion and it can turn into something that's profitable to you and it can be part of your life work, that is awesome. But did you know that you can still lead a very fulfilling life filled with passion, even if your job is not in the passion field? Don't get discouraged if you are just working a job that not necessarily brings you passion, but you want to make sure that you find that passion elsewhere in your life. Now, Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, Big Magic, which is such an amazing book, I really recommend it if you haven't read it. She talks about her passion for writing, and she made a promise to herself when she was younger that she would always keep her passion alive for writing, but she would never ask her writing to pay her mortgage. Now, sometimes there's a danger of putting too much pressure on our passion, and then we stop losing enjoyment of it because we put the pressure to pay the bills on this passion. And so she said, I'm never going to do that. Now, eventually for her, what happened is, you know, she became a very successful writer with Eat, Pray, Love, and she was able to then leave the job that was paying her bills and her passion was able to support her bills. That may happen to you. It may not happen to you. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you do find some time to fuel and nourish whatever your passion is for the smallest amount of time. There is nothing wrong with having a job that supports you and supports your ability to 
do your passion. There's no one right way to do it. But I will offer to you, just spend some time getting curious and playing around even in five-minute increments. So explore, create new passions, dig up old ones from your childhood, prioritize what you do according to what your future self says, and don't make your passion turn into stress to pay the bills. Doing more of what you love, fueled by feelings of curiosity, adventure, and abundance can really help you create a feeling, a result of more abundance in your life. So get out there and try it, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.